0: Hey everybody, it's Stefan here. I am coming at you with another episode. I know, I'm like the stepmom that just can't stop spoiling you kids. And guess what? You've been so good that you're gonna get another one tomorrow. But this episode is awesome. It's with Jimmy Schubert. He's been doing comedy for a good 30 plus years. He was on Last Comic Standing. He was a semi finalist in 2014. He was on Sam Kinnison's Outlaws of Comedy, and he just released his album last month Zero Tolerance, which reached number one in the iTunes comedy charts. So Jimmy joins me, it's a little bit more of a serious episode, we're not as goofy, it's not as funny per se, but I would say meaningful, and uh, he's a really smart guy, and it was really fun to be able to talk to him. Oh, and for all you Phoenix listeners, Jimmy's in Phoenix as we speak, and he's performing at the House of Comedy, starting tonight till Sunday. So I put a link in the show notes along with wherever you can follow him, so please show your support, give him some love, see him if you can so i hope you guys enjoy thank you so much for listening if you guys haven't yet please subscribe tell a friend leave a review those reviews are really important to us in apple Podcasts. but if you're listening on stitcher you can leave a review there uh you can follow us on spotify whatever you can do to help spread that love i really appreciate it thank you so much all right guys here we go our comedy advice podcast an advice podcast for death and friends. Make An exaggerated statements, not meant to be taken literally. What was that, seven? Uh, a comedy advice podcast. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of a comedy advice podcast. My name is Stefan Satani, and I'm your host. Joining me today is a very special guest. I had to elongate it for how special he is. He's a comedian from Philly that's doing, doing stand-up for over 30 years. He's been seen on 2014's Last Comic Standing, Sam Kinison's Outlaws of Comedy, and he just released his latest album, Zero Tolerance, out now. You can rent or buy it. And it reached number one on the iTunes comedy charts. He's also a fantastic actor, seen in King of Queens, Entourage, Coyote Ugly, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, and more. Everybody, please welcome Jimmy Schubert. Hey,
1: man, how are you, buddy? Good afternoon.
0: Hey, hey good afternoon. Wow, it's so formal. How are you? I'm good, man.
1: Just uh, we we are in Phoenix. The eagle has landed. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so uh, we are here, even though it's 100 degrees out. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm I'm really excited to be back. I got a lot of stuff working on a lot of new stuff for my new, you know for a new album, but uh, the, the old album's out now, like you said, and people can get that on iTunes. Uh, Zero Tolerance, a really good album. And so, uh, you know, I'm happy to be back to work. I'm happy to be out doing uh, stand-up again, which is what I love to do, you know
0: that's great and it's so exciting to have you here in phoenix i'm gonna have a link in the show notes for everybody that's listening in phoenix that wants to go see you at the house of comedy it'll be friday to sunday correct
1: right well i'm here tonight i'm here thursday through sunday
0: oh even better thursday through sunday
1: yeah And, and we're doing like social distance seating so there are only 75 seats available per show so uh if people want tickets they should get them because i'm sure they're probably going to sell out at 75, bucks, at 75 seats a show. So make sure people sign on and, and, and get, um, get their tickets. And, and, and it's going to be a great show. I'm working with Augustino Zoida, who's a real funny feature act that I work with. He works with Joey Cobo Diaz as well. And uh, he's with me. And so uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm just excited to be out back doing what I love to do, which is make people laugh.
0: Oh, that's awesome. And then is this going to be your first time on stage since COVID-19?
1: Uh, no, actually, two weeks ago, I did some shows in Rochester, New York. We did parking lot shows, and oh. so we were outdoors. People pulled into their cars, and uh, the people in the front row got lawn chairs out and sat in the front of their cars. There was a, you know, a little street in between me and the people, but they could listen on the radios because they broadcasted to, uh, you know, the UHF on on like ninety eight point one. So people sat in their cars, listened to me on their car radios and when they laughed they flashed their lights you know the, <laughs> the, so it was like uh, you know it's it's a, it's, a, it's a you know quarantine innovation you know a lot of people come up with a lot of unique and interesting ideas to still be able to do stand-up comedy
0: that's really cool if they were offended <laughs> did they honk their horns no
1: uh, because well it's interesting you know I, I think that people need to laugh now probably more than ever uh, in the history of, the, I mean, there's a lot of crazy, I mean, I mean, the world's going crazy. You know, just looking forward to getting back doing it. You know, I, I got a bunch of new stuff I'm working on and, uh, and I'm going to throw in some of the old stuff just to, just to be, have some fun. But uh, yeah, people should get their tickets and come out to Rick Bronson's house of comedy. It's going to be a good, good time
0: that's awesome and then i wanted to talk a little bit about your album too zero tolerance that came out it was may 14th or may 15th i believe so
1: yeah it came out may 15th at midnight
0: so it's it's less than a month or it's a little over a month old just hit that month anniversary, but it's a fantastic album i had the chance to rent it i watched it on vimeo um, but you can get it on itunes wherever i'll also include it well like yeah yeah the, the, the
1: special is available for rent on vimeo and of course the album's available you know, there's 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 a little different stuff on the album than there is in the special. You know, I kind of mixed it up a little bit. You know, I was trying to get the the special sold, which you know we got it available. I just made it available on my website. You just make it easy. It's you know three ninety nine to rent, nine ninety nine to buy, and uh, you know. So if people, a lot of people have listened to the album and gone back and bought the special, so that's cool. That's good. So
0: nice. Yeah, and I don't I don't want to spoil it for everybody, but I am going to give a couple teasers. Let's uh, strip yeah. a little bit to get people excited, titillated. But no, it uh, first off, great intro. I love the intro. It's kind of old timey uh, detective style, and then going... Well, into- yeah, we're
1: going for that Sin City kind of look with the animation. You know,
0: that was and awesome, it,
1: and, it, and it was. You know, it's just how I feel about you know cancel culture. And, you know, the, the PC police and the people want to, you know, the, you know, it's like people want to, you know, people are tearing down statues because they're offended by a statue. Yeah. Well, where are pigeons supposed to shit? Does anybody <laughs> think about that? You know, I mean, there's does you know, I mean, like, you know, people are offended by inanimate object. you know. And the thing about history is, if uh, you know, you should know your history. And if you're offended by a grave, because that way you won't repeat it. You don't get to decide what history is. History belongs to everybody. And a lot of these people don't know their history. Like Aunt Jemima is an African-American success story. This woman is the first African-American millionaire in the United States. She was a great, she got freed as a slave, and she was a great cook. And GM bought her brand and used her likeness for the Aunt syrup, and and she she died at age 92, and she was a spokesman for a long time. She died a millionaire, and this is back in, like, the early 1900s. So, I mean, if you don't know your history, then you shouldn't be dictating what the history is. I think you're taking her story, which is a tremendous, amazing story, and you're ruining it, you know? I mean, mean, if, if that's the case, I mean, if we're getting rid of syrup and rice because that offends people, uh, then you know, our, you know. I, I think people. I, I think the world is a little ridiculous right now. It really is, you know. Yeah,
0: yeah, and, and I think that's definitely amplified with social media, where everybody you get that veil of either anonymity or just being behind a computer screen or phone screen, and so you get to scream what you want, and then whoever types the fastest or the most. Thinks that they're winning. And so well, I think a lot of facts get lost behind that.
1: Yeah, well, you know, it's, you know, everybody's, you know, I think it was the um, 17th century French playwright, Jean Rachin, who said, you know, the world or life is a comedy for those who think and a tragedy for those who feel. And you got a lot of people operating on emotions right now and doing horrible things. I mean, I, I just, I, I think everybody needs to calm down a bit. I, you know, I mean, you know, what these people hate are facts. You know, they don't want to know facts. They just they just care about how they feel. like well, your feelings aren't facts. And if you do it with some facts, well, they just, you know, they call it cognitive dissonance where people, you know, recede further into their beliefs, however wrong they may be, because the data doesn't back up your facts or, or you know, the, the facts don't back up your feelings and so um but it, you know it's just it's just crazy crazy world times we live in right now
0: i like that as a shirt idea too feelings aren't facts i feel like it's sharp enough to be something that could be fashionable too that maybe you could catch up. yeah
1: or, or or another one here's a great t-shirt idea it says i messed up my life
0: <laughs> i like that one better yeah that's yeah, good you know. I mean, bees will come up with t shirt slogans, you know. (laughs) So you've been real productive in quarantine, just t shirt slogans. Actually, I have,
1: believe it or not. I mean, I've been walking five, six miles every day. Wow. I've been, uh, you know, saying my rosaries every day. I'm living like a monk, which I, you know, I'm I'm really kind of in monk mode. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't watch television news anymore. I I, I think that that's part of the problem. I think by just flipping off news, 80% of the world's problems go away. You know, again, you know, these people have done a disservice. You're supposed to give me information and factual information. You're not supposed to give me your opinion about stuff. You know, they They think the American people are too stupid to make up their own minds. I don't know. I think it was Thomas Jefferson who said, if you do not get involved in politics, then you're destined to be governed by people that are dumber than you. And never before in American history have I seen that to be true. And and these people like I go, you know, where are the Ben Franklins? Where are the Thomas Jeffersons? Where are the were the critical thinkers of our day and age? I mean, all these people do, there's no critical thinking. These people just pander to a to a to a base. And you know, right or left, I, I think if you think the Democrats are better than the Republicans or or that the Republicans are better than Democrats, then, then you're part of the problem. I mean, these people have been screwing over the American public for the last thirty years. I mean, you're, you're you're a peon. You're there for them to manipulate these overlords. They think these are orders for you to stay at home. No, motherfucker, I live in America and I can do what the fuck I want. And, and how dare these people? You asked us to flatten the curve. You didn't ask me to ruin my business that I've been building for thirty years. You didn't ask. You didn't say, "Hey, we're just gonna ruin your life." You know, a lot of people aren't doing well in the quarantine because a lot of people have mental health issues. A lot of people have sobriety issues. They can't go to meetings. I mean, this is this is doing damage to people far beyond what people can even imagine. And they're doing it as a political ideology. And, look, you've politicized this virus. Look, if you told us in the beginning to wear masks and stay six feet apart, we would have done it. You don't have to ruin people's lives and businesses because, you know, you want to tank the U S economy. I mean, I'm sorry. It just doesn't. And a lot of people are waking up to the fact that this is, that, 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 that I mean, you know, you're expendable. Your life is expendable. Your, your business is expendable. Why are people so, uh, uh, you know, because we're supposed to be living in a civilized fucking society, you know, we're supposed to be moving towards the star Trek future. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And we're not. We've gone. We've gone back sixty fucking years. We've gone. We're, we're back living back in
0: 1918. You know? Yeah. I like, mean, fucking,
1: it's Orwellian. It's Orwellian. What's yeah. going on now? You want to? You want to? You want to delete history? You want to tear down facts? I'm sorry. I've just been quarantined for a while and a couple cups of coffee. So you're saving me like four hundred dollars in therapy right now. <laughs>
0: Well, this is a self-help podcast, so this is a part good. Well, of this, it's right?
1: just you know, it's like nobody's doing any critical thinking anymore. I think you should shut your TV off. Like I, I stopped watching TV. Get rid of my cable box. I don't. I don't watch the news anymore. I find it to be. I find it to be offensive. How how dumb they think we are. They they refer to us as useless food eaters. And I'm done with it. They forget that they work for us, and that we voted you in, and we can vote you out. And come November 3rd, we will.
0: That's one thing that I started to do in quarantine, too. The first couple of days, I was so anxious that I wasn't sure if I was going to keep my job. I didn't know what was going on in the world. And I was looking at the news, looking at numbers online of cases and things like that. And I was just like, what am I doing to myself? I'm trapped inside my house. Well, well why do you think they
1: call it programming?
0: Oh, there why you go. do you
1: think they call it stuff on TV programming? Because they want to program you. And they use fear to control you and they use fear. to. And and if you look at it, these, these experts or so-called experts have been wrong at every turn because the data that they pumped into the models was wrong. So the models were off, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, you you know, you asked us to flatten the curve and we did that. Now we want to get back to our fucking lives and they're going to continue to do this shit right up until November. And people are just sick of it. I'm sick of it. I'm done. I'm not letting you ruin my life anymore. I'm gonna go live my life, and at this point, I'm ready for a fucking Chinese hooker from Wuhan province with a nifty crotch, and he nose, the sneeze in my fucking face. Let's get it over (laughs) with. Let's get it fucking over with, huh? You know, I, I mean, I, you know, it's. I'm not, you know, I'm not obese. I work out. I take my vitamins. I'm in good shape. I'm not worried about it. Let's go.
0: Be careful what you wish for. That may end up being the vaccine. So I was going to ask you, too, I, I know you've been talking a lot about current events and everything that's going on. How much of this have you been writing about and and is going to be debuting? In oh, your, a lot your of it. Material? you know,
1: a lot of it. I mean, you know, I mean, the funny thing is most of my stuff starts out as like a, it's almost like a lecture and then I have to go back and kind of layer or punchlines and layer with jokes. But I mean, you know, I don't think I'm any different than most Americans. Most Americans feel the way I do, you know, that most Americans like, you know, I mean, uh, I don't think I'm any different or special. I just, I, you know, I just, I just love my country, you know, and and you know, I, and I think all of it's wrong by the way. I think the rioting, looting's wrong. I think what what the cop Derek uh, Chauvin did to, the, to George Floyd is wrong. I think it's I think it's absolutely wrong. I mean, you know, a lot of people don't you know, realize that a lot of these cops have PTSD. You know, they're in the streets dealing with this shit on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. I mean, imagine every day if you're go a home you, you you know, have to pray that you're going to make it back to your wife and kids every day. I mean, it's fucking insane. Yeah. This is America in 2020. Where, what the fuck are people doing? I think, I think most Americans, you know, I mean, you know, there's race. I don't have hate for anybody in my heart. I love all human beings. Mostly the only people I hate are fucking dumb people, you know, but I, but I, I, I'm also an artist and I, you know, lived in an artist community. And you know, I you know, I've I've gone out of my way to help numerous fucking people get into this business and and get gigs and over the course of the year. So I have zero hate in my heart for anybody. But you know, you want to paint with some broad brush strokes and act like this, you know, this is you can't address one problem without talking about all of it. You know, it's it's kind of interesting. And I'm not I look, I don't look you you catch me, I didn't get a lot of sleep last night, so I'm just kinda babbling. But I just I just I get it. It's all fucking bad, and we probably should do better. But you know, I, I mean, I just like there's this fucking wave of stupidity sweeping America.
0: Mm-hmm. It's
1: this fucking you know the, the the this vocal minority. I don't fucking hate anybody. I don't have, I don't have any hate in my heart. Period. I wasn't raised that way. I was born up to love people. I come from a big family. You know, my, I have fucking six brothers. And we used to take care my, my mom used to take care of all the neighborhood kids. It's a big fucking, you know what I mean? So, you know, I, you know, I, I was in the, you know, anyway, but it's just, it's, it's sad to see, but uh, there's a reckoning coming, believe me.
0: Definitely trying in dark times here, but I, I was going to transition off into the self-help portion. I think that this was also great to speak with you. I, and I think this is really important stuff that I haven't talked too much about it on this podcast, and well,
1: you know, nobody has. I mean, you know, yeah. everybody's quarantined at home, and everybody has thoughts about this stuff, and everybody, you know, it's you know, like you said, if you all you're doing is watching the news, then what they're doing is manipulating you and giving you a narrative that they want you to believe, and then they're they're painting the world with some pretty broad brushstrokes, and I, I don't I don't live in that world. I don't hang out with fucking assholes. People I hang out with are great people that love everybody, you know, regardless of religion, regardless of skin color, regardless of anything. And most people, I think, in this world are that way.
0: Thank you, Jimmy. I, I wanted to go into our next section, which is... <laughs> yeah, let's go to the next section. Let's get off this before, <laughs> before I never work again and show up <laughs> Uh, the next section is about inspirational quotes and we're going to read an inspirational quote that I found. But before I do that, I like to usually ask our guests if they have any inspirational quotes that help them get through their days. And in these dark times, I think it's especially important. Do you have any inspirational quotes?
1: Education is the key to success. You know, especially during the quarantine, you know, I go the other direction. Usually like I'm, you know, uh, you know, like I said, I'm walking five, six miles every day. I've also been reading, I read a chapter, I got like four books going at the moment. You know, I read a chapter, I try to make, just read a chapter from each book, you know, at different times during the day. Uh, I try to watch documentaries. I try to uh, better myself. I've been saying my rosary, uh, you know, uh, which I haven't done in a long time. I just thought that the world needed it. No. And I've also gotten real into you know in saying my rosary with intention. When I was in Israel, I went to Israel and I was able to you know get some rosary beads. And when you go to the Church of the Holy Sepulcher, which is where Christ was crucified, there's a stone there where His body was laid and prepared for burial. And if mm-hmm. you place your rosary beads on that and you pray on that, then um, you know your, your your beads get blessed. They take on a sacramental tone. And so I had handfuls of. I brought them back and gave them to my family. I was raised Catholic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I drifted from the flock. I, I don't think an organized religion, but I do have my own beliefs. And uh, and I pray when I'm by myself, and it kind of calms me down. And it gives me a, a a way to speak with God and pray for the people I love and care about in the world, and the doctors and nurses on the front line fighting COVID 19, and the officers trying to keep everyone safe. And uh, you know, you know, and and and. And, and just my friends and family that, that I love and care about. So I've kind of been in monk mode is what I call it, you know? And
0: I think so, that's so important though. I mean, I've been, whatever you end up doing, if you're, I was raised Catholic too. And I think rosary or praying, meditation, whatever you do, taking some, some time for yourself to reflect and then think about, uh, be think about the things you're grateful for. Think about the people yeah, you're grateful there's for. there's always,
1: there's always stuff to be grateful for, always. Yeah. You know, and so so like I like I say, you know, the difference between me, you know, meditation, which you went which you mentioned and mentioned right. meditation is you listening to God, you know, being quiet and still and shutting it all off, being able to listen and receive, you know, and then the prayer is you talking to God and praying for the things that you know um uh, it's it's had a very calming effect on me. Mm-hmm. You know, I refer to it as, you know, kind of you know putting on the armor of God, mm-hmm. you know, so sorry. Oh, you're good. Me. But, uh, so, um, so yeah, I mean, that's just me and it's helped me tremendously. I mean, you know, we kind of drifted away from that stuff. I think, I think, you know, having a moral compass, it, you know, I think you need it today. I mean, obviously you see, uh, you know, yesterday, you know, Chris D'Elia, who's a comedian has gone through some stuff.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. I don't, I mean, I know Chris, he works at the comedy store and I'm not going to dog pile on the guy because it seems like cancel culture already had their torches lit and their pictures sharpen them away for due process. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I, I mean, every time I've seen Chris, he's been with beautiful model women. I mean, Chris does not need to flirt with underage women, but he's been addressing that. And look, you know, Look, you gotta, like, everybody, I mean, certainly not the other kid from the 70s show who got, you know, he got.
0: Oh, you know, yeah. Got, yeah, Chris Masterson. Yes.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's got, I mean, forcible rape is what he's being charged with, the three counts. And two of the cases they couldn't prove. But I mean, here's a guy who was a TV star. He's on that 70s show. He lives he's got millions of dollars probably from because that show ran for nine years. He's got, um, you know, he's on The Ranch, that Netflix show. Right. I mean, obviously, this kid's doing very well for himself. I mean, I just don't get that. I mean, I don't get that. Sure, is what Chris D'Elia did, is it creepy? Yes. Uh, I don't know the extent of it. I mean, no women have come forward and said they had sex with him. So so there's that. I mean, you know, when you talk to people online, you don't know how old they are. I'm going to give Chris the benefit of the doubt because I know him. And I'm not going to dogpile on him. And I'm going to say... You Know, I'm sure this is another thing, but look, look, you know, it's we live in this society where it's it's instant, you, you're afforded no due process. You know, I mean, anything can be photoshopped, anything can be you know made to look like you said it or did it. I mean, I'll, you know, you gotta give let's everybody calm down for a minute and, and, and see, let justice take its course. I mean, obviously, if there's cases of this, it'll come forward. I mean, you know, people are calling. You know, I mean, you know, this is the thing. We stop becoming human beings. You know, the thing that made us great as a society was our ability to have civil discourse and make eye contact and discuss ideas and concepts, you know. And we've now everything's done online. There's no there's no there's no sarcasm font. There's no to let people know you were joking. You read something I tweet and you interpret the to mean what you interpret the to mean, and that's not what I meant at all. You're not inside my fucking head. You didn't know what I meant. But you know this is the culture we live in now. You live online. You live in your mom and dad's basement. You play PlayStation for four hours a day and drink Red Bull and eat Doritos, watch (laughs) Pornhub and beat off to your dick's fucking orange, and you're going to make judgment calls on other people's lives? You're fucking ridiculous. I mean, like the thing I love about being in monk mode is I shut off all outside bullshit, and I just try to focus on me and getting better spiritually and mentally and physically, and those are the things I'm worried about. I'm not worried about, you know. I mean, everybody wants to tell you how to think and feel today. They want to tell you how to think and feel. Hey, fuck, can I, you mind? Can I, can I have my own thoughts? Can I have my own feelings about stuff? Or are you just going to try to jam it down my throat? And so I have a, you know, I, I mean, I, I, I just, we're just, we're just going to a bad place. I think it's all social media technology is part of it, you know. I mean, people fucking stare at their cell phones 24 hours a day, seven days a fucking week. Mm. I mean, you haven't looked out of the phone, you haven't made eye contact, you haven't had a discussion. You're fucking, you know, you're, you're ridiculous. You're living for likes on your fucking posts. Look, do 30 minutes of social media in the morning and then put your fucking phone away, you yeah. know? Yeah. You know, have a conversation. With, go out and sit on a fucking beach and take some beauty into your life. Take some beauty into your mind. Read a fucking great book, fucking escape into a book. And I don't mean read or something online. Don't be. scared. I love the feel of a book. I love the smell of a book. I love how well you know. What I mean, I love get. I love escaping into a book. You know, yeah. I mean, I love listening to books on tape too. Don't get me wrong. I'm flying and stuff. I'm doing all this stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go hit the treadmill and listen to some shit online later. I mean, I'm looking, trying to better myself. My only competition was the guy I was yesterday. I'm trying to become a better version of myself every fucking day. And look, it took me a long time to get to this place. It took me a long time to learn how to be my best friend. It took me a long time to learn how to to, to, to look after myself and, and, and love myself in a way that I deserve. A lot of us, my friend said this to me the other day when we were walking. He said, when you deal with people, you're dealing with their childhood. There's all this emotional residue in a person's life. Because they haven't dealt with all this, this um, um, the
0: the layers of all their their past and traumatic episodes. Or- yeah, or
1: traumatic episodes. You're dealing with all this childhood trauma. It's all this unreserved, uh, unresolved childhood fucking uh, trauma, and, and people need to fucking learn. You know, I mean, you gotta you know fucking deal with that shit in order to be a healthy human being. And, and he, he was right. When you deal with someone, you're dealing with their childhood. And if yeah. people don't fix that, you know, then you're never going to have a healthy relationship. You're never going to be loved in the way you deserve to be loved. I mean, it, you know, it starts in your heart and then it starts in your home and then you go out and change the fucking world. But you got to be, you know, you got to be emotionally fucking healthy to do that.
0: Yeah. No, you're sorry. Uh, you're absolutely right. Cause I think that when you're dealing with someone, you're dealing with their past too. Cause I I was thinking about that with relationships, you could be dating a girl or a guy, whomever, and you say something wrong and it's a trigger for them and they haven't talked about it. It's just, Oh, my ex-boyfriend used to say that or something like that. And then you're dealing with a, a new issue here. Or, or an existing issue, new issue for you. So, Well, yeah.
1: Well, you know, think about that for a minute. You know, think about that. I mean, you know, it's funny. I was talking with my buddy who was with this girl. And he really liked this girl. He really, really cared about her. But she was, she was broken. She was broken. And, mm. you know, uh, she doesn't love herself. And so it's very tough for her to love him. And she doesn't. And so I think you should really listen to people when you talk to people. Because people will tell you who they are. And a lot of people don't listen to people because they'll tell you exactly who the fuck they are. And when they do, you should listen and decide or not. Look, I'm very careful. I'm very guarded about the people I led into my life. I don't, I don't like fucking negativity of any sort. I would describe myself as being belligerently optimistic. <laughs> you know, I just, I just, I just don't, I'm not one of those people. I, I like to focus on the positives and, and I believe I make my own luck and I don't blame the world for my problems. I go out and try to create my own fortune and, and you, you know, and I, and I love making people laugh. That's what I love to do. So, um, you know, look, I'm, I'm not preaching here to anybody. Everybody's got to figure it out for themselves. But if you're not doing critical thinking, if you're not doing the big work up top, you know, in your head, then, then you're not, you know. Uh, you know, there's a great series of books. They're called the Toltec Wisdom Series by Don Miguel Ruiz. And one is the mastery of love, the four agreements and the mastery of love is a great book, especially if you're having problems with relationships, because it talks about in your own heart, in your own heart is this kitchen. And in that kitchen is, uh, is, uh, is every ingredient you would need to make anything you ever wanted to make. And, but you know, people go, you know, people, 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 like, take their happiness and they, like, just hand it to people. Go, here, here's my happiness. That person drops it and it shatters in a million pieces. Nobody else should be responsible for your happiness. You know, happiness is an inside job. If you're not fucking happy, then fucking figure it the fuck out. and Figure it the fuck out before you drag people into it. And, and you know, people go from bad relationship to bad relationship to bad relationship. And then they post shit like, all men suck. I don't know. Just because you have bad taste in men doesn't mean all men suck.
0: Oh God, that hits home because I was reading this book—I can't remember which one—but it was saying something along the lines of, "You are responsible for what happens to you." I, I mean, yeah, you, whether you,
1: whether you realize that, whether you do it subconsciously or you do it consciously, you're responsible. Yep, you've put yourself in that position. It's like you know, a lot of people, uh, like you, you know. Uh, are not prepared for success, and when success happens to them, then they subconsciously try to fuck it up.
0: You know, yes.
1: case in point, like we were talking about before. I mean, you could look at Chris Farley, you could look at Sam Kinison, you could look at guys or John Belushi, and I'm just saying that because they guys that I know, but they were tremendously unprepared for success, and so they're they don't feel like they they deserve it, so they then you know, develop drug problems or drinking problems or whatever the deal is and and, and then go about trashing it or whether they do something like Chris D'Elia did, uh, you know, whether he did it or not, whatever. But, you know, they don't feel like they deserve success. So they then subconsciously, whether they know it or not, proceed to start to try to dismantle it, you
0: yeah, know? Right right exactly it's all because we're
1: all we're all capable of it you know i mean people think well you know if i had a million dollars and i had a house in the hollywood hills i would be so grateful and thankful i go, well actually you have to be extra careful because you have the resources to do whatever the fuck you want and so yeah i mean you may think that would happen but then you put yourself in that position next thing you know you know you know, you, you, you're, you, you've completely changed. I mean, I have a friend of mine who's a clinical psychiatrist, and he works with a lot of these successful actors and actresses, and they're fucking miserable.
0: You yeah. would think they would
1: be happy, but they're fucking miserable. They have no friends. They have no real friends. You know, they ditched everybody that they grew up with because now they're big stuff, celebrities. It's like, get the fuck out of you, you know, and they're miserable. So,
0: Jesus. Uh, Wow. well, thank you for the inspirational quote and all the others that you supplied. Was that a you know?
1: quote? That was more like a fucking paragraph. <laughs> paragraph. <laughs> fucking half
0: that was, yeah. No, I, I would say it was uh, a, a series of quotes. It was great. Um, so well, bro- you know, it's just
1: my, it's just my, like, you know, like, you know, like, there's a great guy. I love the listeners. I listened to him last night. Um, His name is, let me find for you, John O'Donoghue. And he's, uh, he was a Catholic priest for 19 years, but he's a, he became a philosopher and a, a, and a theologian and, and a poet as well. And he's just amazing to listen to. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like my kind of Catholicism, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But uh, John O'Donnell, people want to listen to a guy. He's got a great Irish bro. He's really easy on the ears. Nice. he talks about stuff that's deep and, you know, Kegel and all these philosophers and stuff. And it really kind of, you know, it, 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 so I'm just kind I'm just of always involved in trying to make myself better as a human being,
0: you know? Uh, that's really And cool. funnier. And funnier, actually. <laughs> yeah. That's really cool. Uh, I, so are you ready for the quote that I've provided here?
1: Yeah, go ahead. Let's all,
0: all right. So I'll give a little context, too. So this quote is actually created by a robot. It's called InspiroBot, and it's an AI-driven machine that takes some of the wisest words known to man, and then it mashes them together. So it it creates quotes, and then I take some, and I try to decipher them with my guests. So this week, InspiroBot says, a lot of people think a nuclear test site as a love shack. I'll just let that sink in for a second.
1: Yeah. Well, obviously, obviously it wasn't written by a human being.
0: I don't know where it's getting inspiration from nuclear <laughs> test site. So I, I'm, I'm curious to where to pick that one up from, but I mean that maybe people think it's like a love shack. If you're at a nuclear test site, there's a lot of radiation going on. I don't think you're going to get pregnant because you'll probably get your, your um, semen all blown away from the radiation, but that's one way to look at it. I'm thinking maybe it could be a metaphor two nuclear test sites it's like uh, yeah how about, the, how about this one
1: hey is it me or is the nuclear holocaust taking too
0: long to get here
1: <laughs> you know i don't know what that i don't know if that's uh, any good if that helps out Those
0: that's pretty good that's that's why you're the comedian i like that <laughs> all right i think we've given it our best shot so we're just going to move on to a question that our okay. fan steve found from reddit And this question is, how would you respond when you set up a date with a girl and she happens to bring her friend without saying, isn't that a red flag? Had this ever, had this happened to me a few times, didn't know what to do or say. I didn't enjoy any of them. And the dates never ended well. Like, are they that immature to make decisions to bring a friend? And that's the question. Uh,
1: Well, you know, in this day and age, um, you know, I think people like to be careful, number one. I do think it's a little ridiculous if you're going on a date and bringing a friend. You know, I don't, uh, I'm not interested in dating. I'm not the guy to ask. I'm, I'm totally in my mode. I have zero interest in uh, getting involved with anyone. I really am. I, uh, so, because I think people, you know, look, if you're not, like I said, if you're not really emotionally healthy, I'm not even interested in interacting with you as a human you know yeah uh, i mean obviously there's something to that why would she bring her friend along yeah you know i would try to get them both drunk and have a three-way that's what <laughs> I but that's why you know i'm a monk mode
0: i i love that reflections from from <laughs> monk mode get them both drunk have a three-way
1: well why else would you bring your friend
0: <laughs> that's the optimist i mean uh yeah i like yeah that. the
1: glass the glass is half a three-way <laughs> no
0: uh you know uh I, yeah i mean have you have you ever brought a friend i'm thinking of this from a male perspective too i don't think i have No, ever- i would
1: never bring a friend if know. a chick showed up with a friend i would try to make it the most amazing fucking evening for all three of us I you really- know, maybe you went on a date with the one girl and the other girl actually developed feelings with you. Do you ever think about that? I mean, she. I mean, you've just doubled your chances of getting fucking laid. Do you ever think about
0: that? Oh, that's true. Yeah, if you if things don't work out with the I girl you invited, I mean, you, you know, in.
1: into, you know that, that that's a fucking great option. I mean, why not look at the benefits of it? So she shows up with a friend. She turns out to be a real twat, but her friend is fucking awesome. And you start flirting with her friend, and before you know it, you and her friend are going on a date together.
0: So this See, that's,
1: that's that stuff happens all the time.
0: <laughs> so I like this. This is a great view. This is a good spin to put on it. Instead of looking at it as a bad thing, look at it as an extra opportunity. This person's doing you a service where just in case you're not compatible with plan E, plan B, you can plan A well, you just double, you, hey, listen,
1: you know, the, the strongest doesn't always survive. The, the 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 fittest always doesn't survive the person who is most adaptable survives you know and so you go great two women who won't want to spend the fucking evening with two women how great's is that yeah but- you know and you're talking to a guy who's had seven three ways in his life oh dang <laughs> so uh I got, all- I, got, I got i got i got some skills all
0: <laughs> all from dates with a woman and her friend
1: no, all from women that I was, uh, you know, attracted to that wanted to explore that side of it. And because I wasn't insecure, uh, you know, driven by male ego, I said, sure, let's try it. I wasn't insulted by it at all. I thought I, I would encourage it. And, of course, they, I let them, I was there for comfort. I let them do their thing. And then what happens is the girls will play with each other and have a little bit of fun. And then eventually they'll call you over. And then the fun, real fun begins. But you have to be very secure with yourself. A lot of people think they want that, but, you know, then it happens and people freak out and get jealous and get weird, you know?
0: Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was going to, asking for a friend, of course, but.
1: Well, you know, obviously I wouldn't do it with somebody I was married to or having kids with or I was engaged to. But, I mean, if I was just dating somebody and she wanted to explore her sexuality, by all means, go for it. You know what I mean?
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm.
1: get it out of your fucking system.
0: There you go. I like that. Hey, education. You can't educate yourself if you haven't lived it. So live it.
1: Yeah. But you know, I mean, I know it looks like a good idea, but then that's, that's two women you have to talk to afterwards. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's, that's two Uber rides home that you got to pay for. Um, well, yeah, there are pros and cons, but that, that's, that's great to hear. Jimmy, We've reached the end of our episode. Thank you so much for joining us. I wanted, man. I wanted to just ask you, where can people find you on social media website, wherever?
1: Oh, it's all Jimmy Schubert. It's Schubert. It's S H U B E R T like the theater. Although I've done the doing do Jimmy Schubert at Instagram. I got the blue check Mark. Don't follow impersonators. I also have the blue check Mark on Twitter and my Facebook fan bank, Jimmy Schubert comedian. You can follow all those. And, uh, you know, I, I run them all like a, like a little TV station. There's all great, co- always great content up there. So just uh, you can go to my website, JimmyShubert dot uh, com. Will take you to any one of those websites and uh, or any one of those social media sites. And uh, I, I would tell people to go get my album, man. Go buy Zero Tolerance. It's available on iTunes. Uh, it's a fucking 57 minutes of fucking nonstop hilarity. It's really, well, I think, my best comedy album. It's my fourth comedy album, but it's really funny. So people should go check it out.
0: Nice, that's awesome. And all of those links are going to be in the show notes for all of you confused <laughs> listeners. You can just go down there, click, you'll find it. So awesome, awesome. All right, well, thank you, everybody, and we'll talk at you next week. Talk all to right, you soon, buddy. thanks, Jimmy. Hey, my pleasure, man. All right, bye. bye.